0: everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag. I am Garrett Bahana. Alongside me is Robbie Noggle and Snail, the holy triumvirate that makes up the Skating Penguin Network. And, uh, well, we have some questions, as we always do, as we record this uh, mailbag on Monday evenings in our typical time slot here. Let's not waste any more time, and let's get into some of these questions uh loyal question asker brian is here robbie you get question number one this week and we are getting our weekly food question right out of the way uh sort of coincides with the candy draft we did a couple of weeks back for halloween robbie are you a left twix or a right twix person
1: i am whatever twix is in front of me um no i mean i guess i have i'm left-handed i am left handed uh, in most things, at least related to sports. So I guess I have to say I would choose left Twix if they were both in front of me, but primarily it is candy. It is one of my favorite candies. So I am basically whatever Twix is laying in front of me, whatever one is going to allow me uh, to eat it the quickest, I will choose that Twix. But if I had to choose, I guess, I would say left-handed because I do basically all sports left-handed, though I do things like right and eat right-handed. Uh, anything involving in sports and since this is a sport-based podcast i will say um if i had to choose between the two i will say i am left twix um how about you guys i, I think everybody has a preference in some way just both simultaneously yeah just both yeah just both at the same both, time
0: yeah,
1: yeah yeah i'm left and right i don't discriminate Farm yeah, animal that, that's fair yeah i don't, style just don't discriminate just two at a time yeah, yeah. double yeah.
0: fist i like that i like yeah. that a lot
1: All right, question number two from Kim Larson. If each of you could choose a Penguins logo for the center of the ice, uh, which logo would you choose? You can choose from any logos in Penguins history um, or you can also choose the one with the diagonal letters across the chest.
2: So I really like that jersey with the diagonal letters. I kind of call it like the, the they are the, the Rangers like copycat one. They kind of that's a sharp looking jersey. But this is a this is for the logo at uh, it's, it's, did he say Center Ice? I think I got a, I love the Robo Pen from the '90s, like the '92 like to '99 or whatever. Um, but i also do love their silly uh 1967 like their fat penguin with the scarf it's just such a cool like i think they call it like the i've heard it called like the beer league logo do you guys have you heard of that one anyways i don't know i'd go robo pen uh all the way uh what about you guys you guys have a preference on a, a pen's logo
0: uh here's what i will say i don't really have a preference i mean if you surveyed a bunch of millennials, they'd probably say the Robo Penguin like like Snail, um, but when the Penguins made the switch in twenty sixteen, I think it was when they switched their color scheme from that light shade of gold back to what what they call Pittsburgh gold now. Um, before that, they were using a really light shade of what is known as Vegas gold, and that was basically the the main color of uh their their logo and part of the color scheme of their uniform when they made that switch in 2016 and went back to what what everyone was familiar with that shade of yellow that you can see even in the background of robbie and i's green screen here that is the the penguins logo that i I love the most i love that darker shade of yellow uh the logo the the skating penguin basically is what what it's called the one that's on your hat Yes, yes, and exactly. And Snails
1: had that that logo.
0: Yes, so th- that is the one that I will always pick 10 times out of 10.
1: I mean, yeah, that's obviously a, a great answer. to a solid answer. It matches the color scheme now. But if we're being honest,
0: what want this logo. Uh, you know what? He's right. I,
1: He's we right. want that logo. We want the logo behind me and Garrett um on center ice just for one game. That would be the ultimate – um uh advertising uh so penguins get on that that's what we want um i would i'd like so remember a few years ago when they played outside of philadelphia with the keystone that said pit in the middle i'd like that for like a run of alternate i mean again it's not easy just to change the center logo in the middle of the season obviously but i think a keystone type logo maybe with a, a big keystone with the skating penguin um logo not the network the skating penguin uh that's on your guys hats um with the keystone behind it uh would be pretty baller as well so um again not a real logo obviously but uh, if i had to pick one that's already in existence it's definitely the standard uh one we see now it's a classic it matches the color scheme and um you can't go wrong with that logo
2: i'm sorry you just can't go wrong with that logo that's a good one. Robbie, I'm a little shocked at that. I thought you were going to have some sort of take with some sort of retro throwback, but...
1: I'm um, not really, like, I...
2: Yeah, it's not... It's just really hard for me to dislike the 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 classic Penguins logo that uh, we see on the ice now. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, let's move on here to question number three coming from our pal Kim Larson. And Kim asks, do you think the NHL should retire number 66 just like they retired the great ones ninety nine,
0: they sort of already have retired sixty six, albeit in an unofficial capacity. Um, League wide jersey retirements are kind of silly to me. Uh, I understand, like from Jackie Robinson's perspective, the historical significance of Robinson breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. So I can understand why that number is retired. But as far as league-wide retirements go, Wayne Gretzky, yeah, like statistically the greatest player of all time and the majority of those records will never be touched ever again. But should Mario Lemieux's number be retired a la Gretzky? I I don't think so. Uh, You could definitely make the argument that Lemieux is better than Gretzky, and I would wager eight or nine out of 10 Penguins fans would probably say Lemieux uh, in his prime was better than Wayne Gretzky, but to retire 66 league wide, yes, Lemieux made an impact in the NHL, and he was right up there with Gretzky in the 80s for the face of that league, but I I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. It's even weird thinking about it now that Wayne Gretzky for the Edmonton Oilers, granted he played for a couple of other teams besides the Oilers, but it's weird why his number is retired just because of, you know, the the stats that he put up. It's not like Wayne Gretzky uh, did anything that's like sort of superseded sports like Jackie Robinson did. So I'm not for league wide Jersey retirements. like I said at the start, it's sort of unofficially already league wide retired. I don't, I don't think equipment managers are going to go out and give an 18 year old who comes into the NHL a number 66 Uh, Islanders prospect. Josh Hosang had sort of uh, ruffled some feathers five or six years ago when he came up to the NHL trying to wear number 66 and everyone made a big hubble about him wearing 66. So, Again, in an unofficial capacity, it's basically already retired league-wide. And I think to put a bow on this question, that's how it should stay for the remainder of time. Question number three, uh, or question number four, excuse me, as we go back to Robbie, as we get this question in from Kim Larson, here's an interesting question. Robbie, what's the worst sport, the absolute worst sport you have ever watched or heard of?
1: That's worst. the worst sport I've ever watched or heard of. So I'm the kind of person that I can watch just about any sport and at least give it a shot. So the worst I've watched, I have zero understanding of cricket. Um, absolutely no idea how the sport works. I've tried. I've tried to learn it. And I just the scoring is just completely weird. Again, it is an insanely popular sport. Um, so I, I, can't really say credit though. Cause like I could, pr- if I understood it, I think I'd like it because there is a lot of action in it and not to make the horse people mad. I have to say just cause it's, I've watched it during the Olympics and it's anything dealing with equestrian. It is just, I, it's horse dancing guys. And again, I'm sure it takes a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a lot of talent, a lot of coordination, a lot of working with a four-legged animal that you have to teach to do all this stuff. I cannot watch it. It is mind-numbingly boring to me. I, again, all credit to those who do it. Uh, You've accomplished more uh, sporting wise than I have or ever will. So uh, props for that, but to sit down and watch it, um, just not my jam. Uh, Sorry to the horse people. Uh, Just not my jam. I can't, I can't do it. Can't do it. Ah, question number five here again from Kim Larson. Uh, So with Tristan Jari, he either has a shutout or he concedes uh, four or five goals. Do you think it's something mental with Jari? Do you think he would benefit from a sports psychologist uh, type coach?
2: No, but I certainly could sometimes after the games that he starts. (laughs) Um, No, with the the athletes these days, they already have one. Like it would be kind of silly to think that that's not i mean goalies are kind of an enigma in the nhl anyways and those uh those goalie coaches i mean it's all it's all between the ears with goaltenders you hear a lot so i would guarantee that he already has one but um uh you know the book jari's not a rookie like the book the book is out on jari i think at this point in his career he kind of is what he is and he's he's streaky at times Um. But I will say this, though. It's not for a lack of effort. Like, Jari battles, and uh, I think that sometimes he's been susceptible to shaky play in front of him. And when you're hanging your goaltender out to dry at times, uh, I think that I firmly believe that that you're leaving him um vulnerable to injury when especially with jari being somewhat of a an an, an, uh, unorthodox goaltender he's kind of a positional guy sort of a sort of like a flurry light i guess you would say he he hasn't had the career so far that flurry had but like sometimes it looks like he's swimming in the net he's he's making these unorthodox crazy saves and i think that that leaves you vulnerable to injury um uh which has been more of Jari's issue than I think anything mental is it's been, it's his ability to stay healthy. So, um, uh, anyways, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not massive in net. He's not like a Vasilevsky. He's not someone that just takes up the, uh, the whole crease there. He's someone that needs to make saves. And, and I think that that is, you know, Jari's, he's one of those guys that will let in a a stinker from time to time. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think it's mental. I think it's just, sometimes it's, uh, he's just streaky and i think that's just at this point that's just who jari kind of is um uh and uh we got him signed for five more years so you hope that he stays healthy and you hope that he continues to battle and um maybe the 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 team in front of him sort of helps him out there and doesn't make it so he has to be a gymnast back there um did any of you guys want to add anything to to jari and the, the mental coach
0: I don't think a mental coach is really needed. Uh, basically, I agree with everything Snail said. Uh, it's more of the physical concerns I have with Jari. And uh, as Snail was sort of describing Jari, I kept thinking about tweets that I've seen over the last month from guys that I respect on the Penguins beat, like Josh Yowie, uh Jesse Marshall. And he is streaky. That is the real definition of Tristan Jari. For $5 million, look, I get it. Like The Penguins were sort of backed up into a wall as far as the goalie market was concerned. You probably weren't going to get many players better than Tristan Jari out there, unless you were going to go give a King's Ransom for Connor Hellebuck, maybe, but who was out there besides Jari, who was going to give you, you know, hopefully above average to sometimes all-star level play i mean he does he deservedly is a, a prior all-star in this league so you know the parts of the resume are certainly uh less than stellar but then you look at the prior all-star seasons he had and you go you know what when this guy's on he can really help you steal games and that's basically what you need in today's nhl it's a luxury to have a vasilevsky A big, bulky dude, like Snail said, who takes up the majority of that crease and has become one of the, the best goaltenders of the modern era. But for the vast majority of these teams, you don't have that. You just need average goaltending. And for the Penguins, as top heavy as they are, who rely on their skill to try and outscore opponents, for the most part, if you can get average goaltending, I think you can go on a pretty nice, long, sustainable run, whether that's in the regular season or the postseason. Now, all of those things have not come together for the Penguins be- because of injury, bad luck, or what have you, but that's the goal, to get to the postseason and just get average play from Tristan Jari. Jari does not have to be the second coming of Marc-Andre Fleury. He just needs to be average to maybe above average, and I think you can win with that.
2: Yeah, and one thing you got to admire about Jari is, uh, and I would think that this kind of – um. This doesn't really have anything to do with Kim's question, but uh I've been known to be hard on him at, him at times. I think the uh penguins fans as a whole have, have been hard on Jari at times, but that dude lays it all out there. Like that dude, true he's he's a battler. He's he his body language shows it. He's not someone that seems to sulk around. And I appreciate that a lot about Jari. So um uh as far as Kim's question, I'm sure he's got the mental health side handled. It's just a matter of staying physically healthy for for a guy like Jari let's see here question number six coming from andreas castle and he asks uh it's a soccer question do you know any German soccer clubs or German soccer players
0: so hello from our German friend andreas castle uh this is an interesting question because my soccer fandom or my football fandom for those listening in Europe uh, um sort of started back in 2016 uh or 2017. Nobody in my family watched soccer. Uh, I was just kind of something that I wanted to pick up on my own. So the first thing I did was I downloaded a demo of FIFA 17 on my PC. And there were like six teams you choose from. What, and the first team that I saw was Manchester City. The first player that I saw was a German player by the name of Leroy Sané, who at the time was a winger for Manchester City. And he... Was, he was an incredibly explosive, really pacey winger. At the time of this, when I was playing this demo of FIFA 17, he had really, really puffy, bushy hair, almost like an afro. And uh, I was like, wow, that, that dude has some crazy hair. I don't know. One thing led to another, and I ended up becoming a supporter of Manchester City. But it was basically because of the way Leroy Sané looked on FIFA 17 that I was like, yeah, you know what, I'll give this, this team a try. But as far as German clubs, I don't really follow the Bundesliga as much as I follow the Premier League. Uh, basically, if uh, Bayern Munich aren't dominating the Bundesliga, then pretty much something something is pretty much wrong with the Bundesliga. I think Bayer Leverkusen is top of the Bundesliga right now. Yeah, Leverkusen has 31 points. Bayern is in second with 29 points. So again, I don't want to say the Bundesliga is a one-team league, but Bayern out of everyone in that in that league has the most money to spend so uh if you're a Bayern fan Andreas I don't know if you are a Bayern fan but if you're a Bayern Munich fan hey yeah you're living the good life because they're, they're winning the Bundesliga basically every year they're in Champions League every single year they have they're always going to have a good chance to probably win the Champions League too as far as European competition is concerned so uh it's it's Bayern Munich or bust as far as the Bundesliga and I am concerned so, uh, we are going to switch gears now and go into last week's mailbag and, uh, Robbie, you can pick one of the questions from last week's mailbag, your favorite question that piques your interest and give it an answer.
1: All right. So kind of going through these questions, uh, yeah, so we had to kind of switch it up a little bit, just a little too much, um, uh, going, going on last week. So, um, which is a good one here. Um, okay, okay. Uh, this is from Kim uh, Larson. Uh, if you could choose a job in the Penguins organization, what would it be? Uh, president, coach, assistant coach, GM, assistant, GM, scout, uh, material guy, video coach, or, or someone else. Um, a lot of good options here. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Kyle Dubas will be there. I, I work under Kyle Dubas. Um, I'd like to work as an uh, assistant GM. I would like to work in the front office type of role. Um, uh, learning from a guy like Kyle Dubas, how it all works in, in and out of, uh, uh, in and out of, uh, on the ice and off the ice, uh, traveling with the team, getting to, to go everywhere. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely a t- high pace, high pressure, but, uh, getting in, into that run to front office type role, uh, getting into the nitty gritty of contracts and, um, the player development and recalls and trades and drafting, uh, I think would be a really cool um, uh, place to be. And so I'm going to say assistant GM uh, for this question. And uh, since this is kind of a round table question, I'll also pass this off uh, to snail and Garrett uh, to get their opinions on what role within a hockey organization they would uh, enjoy being a part of.
2: Um, I'll, that's easy for me. I think I actually, maybe it's not that easy. I, I th- First thing that came to head was a, to my head was a scout. I would look, dude, if my life and job was dedicated to going to like junior rinks, like in Canada, or in, even in my neck of the wa- actually, I don't know, I'm kind of over Washington and, and the I've watched the WHL here for my whole life. But if I could go to like college rinks or junior rinks and just kind of Travel around and, and, and I don't know, have my little notepad and take notes on prospects and players. Like that would that would fulfill me quite a bit actually that sounds gen- like pretty fun to me um and if it wasn't something in that capacity the only thing though is i'm i'm kind of lazy and i kind of at this point in my life hate traveling <laughs> so i don't know yeah. if that truly adds up like i'm kind of a homebody now um but i don't know if if, if uh if Dubis came calling i don't know equipment manager would be sick too i i could really buy into that job i think so i'd say either a scout or a, or equipment manager what about you, G?
0: So I was thinking about this, um, and it took as, – as you guys were giving your answers, it took me a while to try and uh, laser in on something that I wanted to do. And I came up with my answer while Snail was talking. What I would do – if if you if anyone listening is familiar with uh, the Penguins website or their social media presence, then odds are you've seen the Twitter account Penguins Inside Scoop. Mm-hmm. who um, is currently led by Michelle Crecciolo, the, basically the Penguins team writer. She is absolutely lovely, uh, just a lovely human being. I would, and she works for the organization. She is paid by the organization. Basically, as the team writer, basically puts out content for penguins.com mm-hmm. and uh, Twitter and Facebook and what have you. I would love to work with Michelle, under Michelle, and and sort of capture the story of the Penguins during the season, uh, really, you're basically a member of that team. you, you know you get you're, you're traveling with them on a daily or nightly basis from city to city, sort of trying to get the pulse on this team through the peaks and the valleys. And I think Michelle does an incredible job covering the team in that regard. So working in their digital slash communications department would definitely be up my alley personally and professionally. So I think working as one of the team writers would definitely be my answer there. Snail, we're going to move it over to you. What question piques your interest from last week's mailbag? All
2: right. I'm going to ask you to bear with me here. Cause I was kind of too, but, uh, uh, I have a question for you, Garrett. And that's, have oh. you se- have, this is a question from, um, uh, Jesus, who's a uh,
0: Tony Gale. He asked, uh, have you seen ice guardians? I have not. I, I remember Tony asking this question last week. I have not seen it. I was curious if either of you had seen it because I had not.
2: Oh, I have. It's a, it's a, I think it's a great, I, I as somebody who likes maybe a, a more of an old school brand of, uh of hockey. um. I, I think that the, that Ice Guardians was a tremendously done docu-series, docu-documentary, not docu-series. It is a movie. So I, would encourage, I I wanted to ask Garrett this specifically because we've kind of butted heads on the, uh, I don't, I think we actually kind of see eye to eye somewhat on the enforcer role, but maybe the overall physicality aspect of hockey. Um, I, I think that I would encourage someone like Garrett, like, uh, to watch this and just give it, it's really not that long. It's not a huge commitment. Um, I think that, uh, it was made in 2016, and I think that it's, even since 2016, which some, I forget, that's like, what, like six years ago, seven years ago now, it's already less relevant than it is in today's game, but I would, uh, the things they talk about with CTE and concussions and all of that, some interesting information in there, I'd encourage Garrett, Robbie, have you seen it? Mm. You have? What do you, what do you think? What do you think of yeah, that?
1: Yeah, I think I, I think especially in the time with, um, I mean, how much uh, focus there is on uh, the the brain and the effects of the enforcer type players, like the long term effects of um, what we've seen, uh, not just in hockey but in a lot of sports uh, as well. I think it definitely did a good job hitting on um, the brain injuries, the long lasting effects of that, and. Yeah, I mean, if you have time, I'd definitely sit down uh, and take a look at it because I definitely think it definitely pulls the curtain back on that in a way that uh, you don't you don't really see. Yeah, You can talk about it uh, all the time, but hearing it from uh, players that have gone through it or families that have suffered through it, um, I found it to be
2: a uh, pretty enlightening that way enlightening regarding the medical side of it and what they're learning about not just the sport of hockey as a whole, but actually the role that maybe fighting does or doesn't play in these uh, traumatic brain injuries and whatever. But also just the firsthand accounts of players like like back in the day, like Kelly Chase and Brett Holes in it. Brett Hulls a guy who didn't really fight ever. He was a skill guy. And I don't know, just hearing some of these people that took on these roles Um, there's a couple of players in them that graduated from Princeton, you know, very smart guys, skilled guys, but in the NHL, they just couldn't really find a role and they ended up having to take that role on. It's, it's interesting. And I think that, uh, I've seen it and I loved it. I'll watch it again, probably just at some point, maybe in the doldrums of the season. But, uh, Garrett, I really want, I would be super curious for you to watch it and, and see what you, what you think after, uh, after the
0: fact. Is it on like YouTube? Is it on a streaming service? Free on Amazon prime. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, my brother, I don't have prime myself, but my brother-in-law does. So I, I will definitely have to write that down and check that out. Both of you sound like you're giving endorsements to it. So, uh, and, and I think Tony, Tony Gale asked this question. Yeah. So it sounds like he was in favor of the, the documentary as well. So and I'm getting three, three yeses here between you two and Tony. So I, I'm i going to have to check this out.
2: It's not goofy. It's very well done. It's like not, it's not, and it it's, I think when before I watched it I had the idea that this was like a, a maybe a movie you watch before you go out and you're trying to get amped up like you want to run through a wall not the case it's very it's it's got a lot of information in it that's that's super good it's not just some it's not Don Cherry hits or whatever that old hockey movie or the those series he used to put out where its dudes just killing each other it's it's not like that whatsoever so anyways um Thanks for entertaining that, Garrett. But the real question that I wanted to get to here was from um our I, th- I believe he's our German pal, Andreas Castle. Mm-hmm. And he asks, Do you guys have something that you collect? And I figured we could, you know, briefly round table this. I collect a lot of different stuff. Uh not I don't collect baseball cards or anything really, but I'm a sucker for old uh, hockey equipment, kind of random niche equipment. Um I use, uh, I like to use two piece sticks still every once in a while. So, um, and then, uh, I, you can, I, you can't really see behind me right now, but I got a, I got a small collection of beer signs, like tavern-esque beer signs. And, um, I've been skateboarding for a really long time and I have a, a, a love and affection for 90s skateboarding. So I have some, uh, r- uh reissued nineties decks on my wall and, and stuff like that. So anyways, I'll pass that off to, to you fellas now.
0: Robbie, do you want to go first?
2: Yeah, so uh, one thing that I
1: collect, I collect, like, uh, uh, playing cards. Uh, they come in, I mean, you can get basically any movie, book, video game, um, interest in uh, in the world in uh, playing cards. I do have some, yeah, let's see what I have here right now. Uh, this one came out this year. Um, it's actually a Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, yeah, it's there. You see it um it was actually a kickstarter one um they did a fellowship uh last year i believe and i'm assuming next year they haven't said anything for sure yet they'll do um return of the king but um yeah i collect uh basically luxury playing cards is what they're called they come from uh there's websites, there's like small little shops that do it uh bicycle who if you are familiar with playing cards at all bicycle is the the big american brand that creates most of the playing cards you see i have cards from like used cards from casinos in vegas and stuff like that from when i was out there uh, that have been like they're out of uh out of circulation they're cut up in a certain way so they know not to use them but no i i, I got into the luxury playing cards probably about 10 years ago and uh, that's kind of what my my niche is at the moment
2: are you a, a card player do you like poker and, and whatnot Yeah, I don't play much,
1: but I mean, I know how to play and I do enjoy playing. So um, yeah, if if I have friends to play with, I'll definitely play. I just don't, I don't go out of my, I don't go to like casinos or stuff like on my own to play or anything like that.
2: What's the most amount of money you've lost in a card game?
1: Uh, I lost about a hundred bucks in about five minutes at uh, the Monte Carlo playing blackjack in
2: Vegas, so. Uh, with that Pensburg money, that's just that's chump change. That's chump. That was before Pensburg.
1: So I can't even say that was the, the Pensburg money. Uh, unfortunately, that was um, in 2015. That was about two years before or no, about a year before uh, I started Pennsburg. So uh, unfortunately, I can't say that I just threw away uh, the Vox money there. That was uh, unfortunately l- not it.
0: <laughs> I love that Snail continuously thinks that like. Uh, jokingly, of course, but uh, uh, Snail thinks that we basically just Pennsburg is we're we're making millions off of Pennsburg revenue, page views, clicks, ad, advertising revenue off of Pennsburg. So a,
2: a percentage of the Penguins' salary cap goes to you guys, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that would be a, a, nice. I oh, mean,
0: a per, even a perc- a percentage of what is it? What, what's the cap right now? 85, eighty five, eighty, eighty seven. Percentage of eighty seven million, million? No. something like that. Yeah, I'll take a percentage of that.
1: Yeah, you give me just 1% of that and I'd be happy.
0: Uh, Yeah. What do you collect, Uh, Garrett? I have. So you both gave your answers before I did. I am trying to think. Um, I don't like readily collect. I don't lie either. I I mean, to my right here, I have a quote unquote vinyl collection, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, I don't go out of my way to collect like high priced auction level vinyls i just wow yeah you know i just buy vinyls of the bands that i like it's to just a to.
2: vessel to to play the music on I, right yeah yeah exactly what, why don't you rattle off a few of your vinyls you got there for us so we can get a peek into the what what you're spinning on the weekends uh
0: okay let me let me move my microphone here i don't want to make any unnecessary noise uh let me see
1: he just doesn't want to say playboys
0: oh
2: please <laughs> 70s playboys too <laughs> yeah
0: okay, let's see <laughs> my the, the the uh the green screen here yeah. this is blink 182's newest record one more time that i Oh,
2: shocker. That's first.
0: <laughs> I bought this I bought this uh record like last August before any details. I bought this record even before i knew what, what any of the music was going to be on that album. Uh let me see what else i can pull out here. Uh a lot of it I mean a lot of it is blink Related discography,
2: uh, let me see. Angels and Airwaves, Boxcar Racer.
0: I have, so I have, I do have the Boxcar Racer, uh, I do have Boxcar Racer right here. What I don't have is I don't have a lot of Angels and Airwaves vinyls because a lot of those vinyls, those albums came out at least a decade ago and the repressings. Are super expensive at the moment so i don't have a lot of angels and airwaves uh let me see if i can find there's a there's a pop punk band i really like called no pressure um it's sort of in the vein of blink 182 yeah that's
2: um what's his names who the 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 main guy from that he's he's from another famous band right yeah Uh, yeah what's Uh, what
0: parker cannon i think parker
2: cannon that's right I like them too. They're they're a great they're a great band.
0: So I I have their vinyl. I have a couple Beatles records. Um, What you know what what else I do have? I have a couple of uh, John Williams uh, Star Wars records. Uh,
1: Yeah, I do have some Star Wars records myself.
0: That's something that a lot of people don't know about me is that I really enjoy film and orchestral music. And oftentimes when I'm working, I work from home. I'll put on just some John Williams and I'll just work to John Williams for a couple of hours. And I really enjoy it. So, so Jared if I guess
1: lasting Mozart.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's. These are the things you don't know. We, Robbie and I have known each other for years, and I'm just now opening up to him. Yeah.
2: So if you're a, you do you don't collect anything Star Wars? Then, like, do you have like figurines or like how many lightsabers do you have?
0: Uh, I don't have. I don't know if I have a single lightsaber. I mean, when I was a kid, my mom would buy like the plastic lightsabers I don't from Walmart. Have a
1: single lightsaber
0: but uh speaking of star wars memorabilia i'm looking around my room i mean again i don't collect star wars memorabilia but i've accumulated a lot of it over the years
1: life-size uh, blow-up doll of princess leia in the gold bikini <laughs>
0: <laughs> java's slave Le- yeah the slave leia um you can't see that actually it's behind my bed i take oh, it off yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's um, tucked away for now <laughs> <laughs> i use that only for special occasions on the weekends uh but, uh, what a, I mean, I, ju- yeah, I have a bunch of random Star Wars knickknacks and paddywhacks and giving dogs a bone and whatnot. Uh, I'm just looking around my room. I don't really have, I don't have, like, autographs or anything like that. Those autographs are expensive as hell. Like, to get an autograph of Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, even George Lucas, I've wanted a long time, I wanted to get a George Lucas autograph signature, just a signature, and a lot of that stuff is super expensive because yeah. collectors go crazy for that sort of stuff. Is George Lucas still alive? Yeah. He's still kicking. Yep. Yeah. So is
1: John Williams. And he's like, almost a hundred. So
0: <laughs> I saw John Williams in concert for the first time in my life. That was a bucket list item. Last, oh, okay. last April, he came to uh Heinz hall in Pittsburgh. Hmm. And I, you know, like you said, Robbie, he's like 90 something oh, years old.
1: Yeah. Like mid nineties, almost.
0: So I'm thinking, Oh God, I hope like, I hope his health is just there in a selfish way. I'm like, I really want to see John Williams and I hope his health holds up so I can see him. I don't know how he does it, man. He's like, like you said, in his like early to mid nineties and he's still conducting orchestras. Like it's wild.
1: Yeah. I give him credit. That's for sure.
0: So yeah, that's, that's basically, that's basically in terms of collections. Yeah. I think, I think it comes back to me. I think I take question number nine here. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the mailbag question i have here's a fun one that we can round table and we'll wrap up the uh, the mailbag this question comes from kim larson what number looks best on a hockey jersey kim likes number 93 and remembers when peter nedved wore it while he was in pittsburgh so uh you know what i don't know if i have if I was, if I played professional sports like hockey or baseball, the number that I always wanted to go with was 56 because it was just my birthday. May six is my birthday. So uh-huh. I would just be basic and go five, six. Um, and that's probably what I would still do if I was playing hockey. I think 56 is a pretty, like, you could wear it as a center, as a winger or as a defenseman, not so much as a goalie, but, uh, yeah, so I'll go 56. Uh, which one of you want to go first for your favorite hockey Jersey number?
1: We need more odd goalie numbers, like 56. And I remember Josh Tebow when he was in Pittsburgh was like 41 or something like that. Um, we need like even 29 for flurry. I mean, we got so used to it, but kind of a weird number, uh, a two for a goalie. They're usually like one or 30, maybe 31, somewhere in there. Um, as for me, like, Uh, I grew up a massive Kevin Stevens fan. So I'd have to say 25 just because I was a massive Kevin Stevens fan uh, growing up. Uh, My number through playing baseball uh, through high school and stuff was 14. Um, So if I played in the NHL, I'd probably uh, wear 14 just to keep that uh, tradition alive. And I'm also a massive uh, Roberto Clemente fan. So I'd also wear 21 um, if I had the option as well.
2: Um. I like uh, I like ninety one and eighty one. I think that those like look good, and I also like how there's like like when you see ninety one, you like think of players, right? Like I think of like Tavares and Stammer. Um, eighty one, I don't know. There's actually not as many eighty ones as maybe I thought. I think of Phil. Phil Kessel is one Phil of my Kessel's favorite players. the only players. person. I think yeah. Eighty one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think those numbers like look good, but I think and I think if I if I was playing right now, I would have like I would. Vouch for 91 just because it's my birth year. 91 29, also, my birthday is September 29, so probably one of nine 29 or 91. But I also think those numbers like look good on a jersey, too. Um, uh, what's another one? Uh, I love, I, I don't know, I like, I like when people have kind of like the training camp numbers, too. Like, the, like, Redim Zahorna is like 67. I don't know, it's kind of he's big, though, it's noticeable. I don't know, 91 81.
0: You know what else I like too—the uh, fact that a player like Brock Besser, who's a forward, wearing an, a single-digit number. You really don't see a lot of forwards wear single digits, and I think like that's just really sleek for some reason. Dupuy was Good always point. one yeah. that
1: stuck out to me. Dupuy always, yeah, one you're nine. right. That was basically the only one that really uh, kind of sticks out to me as a uh, single-digit uh, wear of on a forward um on a, on a forward ron francis used to wear nine uh when he was in hartford and for uh briefly when he came to pittsburgh until the number 10 freed up so uh another one of the weird ones there but um yeah i, I mean uh, single on single digits on forwards you do not see uh very often
2: so i guess uh i just had this question kind of come up while you guys were talking uh so we all know a player can make a number. Like we, there's examples of of Gretzky, Lemieux, um, Sid with 87. Uh, can a player break a number? Like, can a player sink a number to where people are like, "Oh God, I'm not wearing that number" because so and so wore that. Or have, has there ever been a case of that that you guys can call off the top of your head? Do you ever see a number and you're just like, mm, "Bad juju on that on that number right there."
1: 66, 68. 87 um, are probably the big three for me that stick out. Um, again, kind of at least 87s. I mean, it's kind of an oddball number, uh, but 87s in that uh, in that um, echelon now of numbers that will not be worn much outside of uh, the guy that they're known for. I'm trying to think what else. Um, again, 68. It, it, yeah, I've seen that worn outside of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, but not by many that I can remember. And uh, obviously, hopefully not too much more here after February. Um, But um, any but synonymous, um, even in my mind, at least in Pittsburgh, 29 will always be synonymous with – and 58 as well will be synonymous with Marc-Andre Fleury and um, Chris Letang going forward. But as for, like, the whole league, uh, 99, 87, uh, 68. 66 and if it keeps going in the direction i'd say 97 will be in that uh, conversation as well in 10 or 15 years
0: boy i'll tell you what When you mentioned 97 uh this obviously isn't an edmonton oilers podcast by any stretch but boy how about those oilers man like could it get can it get any worse for connor mcdavid and everyone up there like
2: I don't think so. I think that this, uh, d- dude, there is trouble afoot in Edmonton. And it's been, for most of Connor's career, it it's That's never we- been just like, it's never been good for a long period of time. There's always been, there's been fires to put out in Edmonton since he got drafted.
0: Every single year, every single, there's nothing can go right for that team. And it, it really does, to, to bring it back to the, the, the Penguins here, it really does put it in perspective as a Penguins fan that core of Fleury, Crosby, Latang, and Malkin won in 08, 09 when they were still – how old they, – they were in the league for, what, three, three-ish years at that point, four years at that point? And, you know, McDavid's, what, 25 or 26? And he, he really – outside of, what, maybe – how many conference finals appearances does Edmonton have in the McDavid era? One?
2: How many finals? No, two, there? I think. Uh, or, uh, conference, finals. conference finals. I think yeah. they had that one against Anaheim. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Was it against Anaheim? Oh. No, because Anaheim didn't go to the Stanley Cup that year. No. They made the second round. I remember they had like Maroon on their team uh, way yeah. back, whatever year that would have been. And then, 2016, I think. So the, the only one would have been what against Colorado, right? Yeah,
1: the, they were yeah. completely in over their head in that series.
0: It just oh, goes yeah. to show how fortunate, again, Penguins fans have been when it comes to championships because, I mean, since he came into the league, geez, six years ago now, almost seven years, you know, if my math is correct, he was labeled as the next one, to the the, the person, the player to take that mantle from Sidney Crosby, and since he's come into the league, look, I I know McDavid's legacy is not attached to Stanley Cups. But for a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, that is how elite players are judged, how many championships you win. And since McDavid has come into the league, Sidney Crosby has remained atop of that perch, winning multiple championships since then, whereas McDavid has made a couple, if not just one conference final appearance. Again, I'm not saying it's all on McDavid because there are several issues at play. The Oilers have never had stable goaltending, their defense has always been questionable. They've had a good cast around McDavid, especially in that top six with Dreisaitl, uh, Nugent Hopkins, whoever else is still there, I don't know. Hyman. Yeah. He was, he was a good acquisition uh, for them. But, it, I mean, oh my goodness. You can change coaches. I mean, this is what, McDavid's fourth or fifth coach since he came into the league?
2: Dude, Nugent Hopkins has had like half of all of Et Oilers coaches in history. I saw that stat somewhere today, that he has been on the team for half of... Oilers coaches in history, which is ridiculous. That's gotta be weird mentally for a player where it's like, oh, you're the new guy. Uh, Well, okay, my name's Ryan. I guess I'll go stand over here and tell me where to go. Like you've seen so many coaches come and go. I wanted to add quickly, dude, it's not even, it didn't, this didn't all start in Edmonton when, when McDavid got drafted. He was the golden goose that they got. In 2010, they drafted Taylor Hall first overall. 2011, they drafted Ryan Nugent Hopkins first overall. In twenty, this is this right? In twenty twelve, they drafted Nail Yakupov first yeah. overall. Three first overall picks in a row, and then they got the Golden Goose and McDavid in twenty fifteen. Not to mention they've had other high draft picks. I mean, Eberle was a high draft pick. He was a part of those early Oilers teams. in this recent era, um, they they wasted a was it third overall on Yessi Puliary. Yeah, he I mean, hasn't panned out, dude. This team has had opportunity Th- this team by all means if, if and kind of bringing it back to the penguins the penguins got flurry they got sid gino and they had good supporting they used to uh, uh they drafted well in getting guys like early on like ryan malone um they got uh they they were careful with how they handled assets and they built a contender that lasted a long time ha- how where's the excuse for edmonton on having that many first overall picks and Taylor Hall's not even there anymore. He's kind of traversed the league a bit. Nail Yakupov, we I all kind of know that he was out of the league a long time ago too. Like he was, uh, and then and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been there, and, and then of course McDavid, and they've they hit the home run with Drysidle as well, and uh, Chirelli of all people got him on that kind of like uh, that that I guess you could call it for right now a very team friendly deal with how good Drysidle is. Um, anyways, it's easy to Edmonton is low hanging fruit but like just when you're kind of comparing it that this is a penguins podcast when you're comparing how the penguins insulated the golden goose that was Sidney crosby and supported him and really kind of made it it was kind of all about him but again it was like every sid was um sid kind of set the precedence with taking less less money um I don't know, the Penguins just, uh, you can really look back and be thankful for the way that the Penguins handled getting a guy like Sid and their other high draft picks. When you could look over at Edmonton and see the tire fire that's going on up in the prairies there in Alberta.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't put it better myself. It's just, I I thought maybe a couple of seasons ago, McDavid would have put his foot down and said, get me out of Edmonton. Uh, That still might be the case it's very rare for a player like that to publicly come out and say, I want traded out of here, especially in hockey where a lot of that culture is like uh, guys are, you know, typically quiet and they're not going to create chaos for their own team or what have you. Uh, Maybe, you know, independently McDavid thinks, what am I still doing at Edmonton? But again, that's a conversation for another day for another podcast. Uh, uh, Just, again wild to see the success the penguins have had parallel to Connor mcdavid's career up to this point um we got on that conversation talking about <laughs> number 97 jersey numbers uh that is just ridiculous but uh all right fellas uh, for snail for robbie i have been gareth Bahana. thank you so much for listening to another edition of the skating penguin network mailbag <laughs>